I'm Jared, and I'm glad we connected today. Hey, are you getting as tired of social distancing as I am? I'm so desperate that I gave in to working out with a mask. I mean, really, after an hour, it is a mess. I am a mess. But you know, we do what's needed to stay healthy and generous toward others. And, and I want to say thank you for your grace and patience during this time. You know, our fantastic team of staff and volunteers is working so hard to serve you well. And we also know that we don't always get it right for each of you. We need your grace as we move toward meeting face-to-face. -face. We're living with a lot of uncertainty. So this is a great time to explore, establish, and affirm what is certain. Our identity in Jesus. We trust God who says we are wonderfully made. Because, you know, if, if we listen mostly to our own voice or to culture's voice, we're defeated before we start. But if we listen to God's voice, we are free. Your life will be the story of the voice you trust more. Identity. Trust the one who knows you best. Our bold identity statement today is, I am significant. You might want to say it out loud right now. I am significant. I watched Representative John Lewis's funeral. Three former U.S. presidents spoke. I was moved by his 80 years of purposeful life. The son of sharecroppers, he was a leader in the movement toward voting rights and justice at age 20. He spoke along with Dr. Martin Luther King in the mall in Washington at age 23. He was selected to lead the Selma to Montgomery March at age 25, where his skull was fractured by troopers. And considered being coming a pastor, but he felt called to share the gospel in a different arena. And so he served as a U.S. representative for 30 years. He lived a life of significance. We all want to be important to someone. We were made to be in relationships. You are significant. Today I want to ask two questions and state two facts. Here's the questions. What is significance? Why do we struggle with it? And the facts, you are significant and you give significance. So, question number one, let's dive in. What is significance? A simple definition is significance is the quality of being important. You are significant. You may have taken a Strength Finder 2.0 questionnaire to identify your top five temperament strengths. One of the 34 strengths is significance. So maybe this description resonates with you or maybe it sounds like someone you know. We can all learn from people with this talent. People with a strength of significance have a strong desire to make a difference, to, to live a life that influences others, to influence in people and invest in people that, and causes that will have a lasting impact. They have this determination not only to live a life of meaning, but also to make significant decisions that will have a lasting impact. 
They're committed to making a difference that is, is significant, it's, it's lasting, it's meaningful. Uh, you know about the, the, the yay and the yuck moments. You, your friend has probably told you, hey, don't yuck on my yay. A yay for a person of significance is a situation that boosts up your energy or makes you feel productive. So yay situations for significance include accomplishing weighty, world-moving things or making a difference, especially with results that will leave a legacy of importance. Hey, if you have a friend with this strength, you can encourage significance by appreciating their impact. Share what they mean to you and others or give her the chance to show up at her best or tell him that others value his work when expectations are especially high. Significance. We all want it, and some of us are especially motivated by it. So how about our second question? Why do we struggle with significance? We often struggle in our quest for for several reasons. One, we weren't raised for the most part to consider the question of what kind of life we'd like to live. We become focused on grades and colleges and jobs and marriages and children. And hey, these are all important matters, but we omit the most vital consideration. The question we should be asking ourselves is, how would I like to experience my life with God? A second reason we struggle is that we've never learned how to overcome fear, that powerful cultural message that mandates to us to avoid making mistakes. It deprives us from living a richer, fuller life. By accepting that we shouldn't take risks or step out of line, we're imprisoned into a numbing conformity. Living this way causes us to feel, well, insignificant. Or maybe third, we don't know or we forget what God says about us. Over time, the negative messages from others and our own critical self-talks wears our sense of God's inspired significance down. You know, my doctoral research, I studied the, the emotional health of senior pastors across the country, and, and I discovered there that in their emotional intelligence that over time, many of them are worn down in their self-regard. In other words, they end up feeling less well about themselves and their significance at the end of when they started. And so we ask the questions, when did humans start struggling with insignificance? Well, right at the start, back at in the beginning. In fact, in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, God said, it's not good for the man to be alone. So God understood that we need to be in relationship with him and with others. And this sense of relatedness gives us a feeling of personal significance. When we do not have relationships that affirm our value, when when we try to find significance in other ways, many of which are unhealthy. And some of those may be, well, some may become promiscuous, confusing sexual encounters with experiences of love, or others may try to gain acceptance and attention by constantly highlighting all of their problems, you know, a little bit of enjoying misery too much. Still others may become addicted or enable addiction 
or other problem behaviors in others so that they are in turn needed. You know, this actually happened with Adam and Eve. Notice in Genesis 3, 6, it says, When the woman saw that the tree was good for, good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took from its fruit and ate. And she gave also to her husband with her and he ate. You see, the serpent told the woman that she could be greater than she was at that moment. Notice what she saw. The tree was desirable to make one wise. She was searching for significance. And this is the power of personal significance. Not having it can cause us to do all sorts of things we wouldn't normally So how do we overcome these limitations? Well, we need to live a life that's from a new game plan. So we've answered two questions. What is significance and why do we struggle with it? Now let's assert two bold facts. First, you are significant. It all starts with identity. It says this in Genesis, God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move among the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase. God saw all that he had made and it was very good. You see, to be made in God's image is to be given rationality, will, an immaterial self, and character traits that God possesses. Humans, by virtue of being made in God's image, are intrinsically valuable. You were called significant in the beginning. And then secondly, this was reaffirmed in Jesus' new beginning. Notice what's said in the Gospels. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water, and at that moment heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son whom I love, and with him I am well pleased. You see how powerful this is? Jesus was deemed significant and loved before he did any great acts. And in Christ, you share that significance. Sometimes we know that, but it's hard to feel that. In our culture, significance is so linked to doing, not being. Maybe you've had that challenged as I did a few years ago. On one day, Ann and I both lost our jobs. And we were professionally drifting for about 18 months. And it was horrible for me. 
I wanted to do, to perform, to accomplish, to make a difference, to be recognized. Nothing. Maybe some of you find yourself with some of those feelings in crazy 2020. Let me encourage you. You are significant right now. It's who you are. Today, without doing, you are loved and significant. So we learn that you were made significant, and in Jesus you were remade significant. And here's the good news. In the future, you are promised future significance. This is what Paul writes. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a command and with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, you who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Here's the good news. God made you rebirthed you, and will come again for you. You are significant. Well, let's look at our second and last fact. You give significance. You see, if I pursue success, my joy is the result of my success. If I pursue significance... My joy is the result of other success. Paul writes it this way. Then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and one of mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the other. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. So you see, success asks, how can I add value to myself? But significance asks, how can I add value to others? Our growth from selfishness to significance kind of goes like this. First, we ask, what can others do for me? And then, what can I do for myself? And then, what can I do for others? And finally, what can I do with others for others? To add value to others, let me give you these tips. First, first add value to yourself. It's impossible to consistently behave in a way that's inconsistent with how we feel about ourselves. Second tip, value others. Every person has value, so we must develop eyes to see that. Third tip, value what others have done for you. Count your blessings to become a blessing. And know how to relate to what others value. You know, I've learned that if you want to impress people, just tell them about your success. But if you want to impact people, share about your failures. And then finally, make yourself more valuable. The way to lift the lid on your potential is by personal growth. 
So search, keep your search for ways to feel important, healthy. And, and here's some recommendations to do that. First, most important, look to Jesus. Listen, he died for you. That's how important you are to him. Tell someone about your interest in following Jesus. Second, establish relationships with people who, who build you up instead of put you down. Reach out and, and we'll help you find a great group of supportive friends. You know, third, keep close contact with those who love you. Stay connected with them even when they irritate you, maybe especially right now. And fourth, hey, remind yourself that God loves you and as always, always loves you, even when you blow it or you don't feel it. You are important to so many people, regardless of how you feel. Find those important, healthy relationships and spend time in them and, and nurture your relationship with God and listen to what he says about you, even when you don't feel it. God loves you. I'll listen to this poem, part of Psalm 139. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, and I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. And your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me are written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious are your thoughts, God. How pressed is this sum of them. You know, I mentioned listening to John Lewis's funeral. He wrote a letter knowing that he was about to pass to be published on the day of his funeral. I end quoting these words. Though I may not be here with you, I urge you to answer the highest calling of your heart, to stand up for what you truly believe. In my life, I have done all that I can to demonstrate the way of peace, the way of love, and nonviolence is the way to the most excellent way. It is your turn to let freedom ring. When historians pick up their pens to write the story of the 21st century, let them say that it was your generation who laid down the heavy, laid down the heavy burdens of hate that at last and that peace finally triumphed over violence, aggression, and war. So I say to you, walk with the wind, brothers and sisters, and let the spirit of peace and the power of everlasting love be your guide. Here's my significance challenge for you. What has God said about me that I will lean into and believe? What can I do to someone this week of significance? And who can I invite to do it with me? Let's pray. God who has formed us and loved us before we were and did. God who accepted us and chose us before we did anything. God, the one who is coming again for us because you love and accept us. Would you give us the courage to believe 
that you have made us significant and loved. And would you give us the love this week to with others, love and serve others as we love God and love people. In Jesus' name, amen.